the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Good afternoon, Northern California. Welcome. Just about five minutes after the hour of 5 p.m. as we welcome you to another edition of Lifeline. Keeping you company Monday through Friday at this time, as we typically do, addressing issues that impact your life, your world, and your Christian walk. While it's certainly an important moment of a sense of great pride by many parents to see their child walk across the stage in the cap and gown, diploma in hand, having accomplished a solid 12-year career in high school, this means a lot of things. Not only a sense of um, accomplishment, but then, too, it raises questions about what's next. For many students, that means continuance of their scholastic career by moving into college and university. Students may, in many cases, stay close to home, in fact, live at home and maybe attend a couple of year junior college. Others might be making plans to head off somewhere else to college. Well, whatever the plans might be, at the end of the day, we have to admit, this moment in time for students who have graduated from high school and are now beginning their scholastic career at college or university are no longer children, but they're also not quite yet adults. That raises a lot of questions and concerns for parents who understand that there's going to be a loss of control at a lot of levels. And one of the biggest arenas where we seem as parents to worry the most is, did we do the right job to train up our child in the fear and respect and ammunition of the Lord so that they will be able to live out their own faith? Essentially, are they ready for the life that will meet them ahead? And how do we know? We'll answer some of those questions as Neilan Brown joins us. He, by the way, Executive Director of Focus Leadership Institute at Focus on the Family. And Neilan, great to have you on the program. Thank you so very much. Wonderful to be with you today. Boy, this is a, this is a question that a lot of adults struggle with about their uh, children graduating from high school as much even the students themselves are wondering, gee, yeah, am I ready? What's going to be facing me out there in the big wide world ahead? That's it. Yes, indeed. It's, it's a big question. And I think for a lot of parents, it's a looming question, you know, <laughs> that, that they're looking at for some time as they're, you know, watching the years go by, blowing out the birthday candles and all that good stuff. But I think for a lot of students, sometimes for them, it comes as a bit of a shock, you know, that, that it's that first night that you're in the dorm by yourself. No one's forcing you to go to class. Uh, so, but I know certainly for parents, it is a big concern for sometimes sending them off um, into continuing education away from home. You know, we see this as sending our children off to get the answers, the answers that they're going to need about life and who they are as a person and preparing them for uh, either marriage and or a career, maybe both. Uh, but oftentimes we find that many of these students now free from the day-to-day -day routine that happened under mom and dad's roof. Yeah, they go to school to get the answers, but they tend to oftentimes come back with an awful lot of questions about their faith. Indeed, indeed. 
Uh, we, we find that with many of the students that we serve here at the Focus Leadership Institute, they are wrestling with very big questions. And I do, I do think we, we send our students off to college campuses to get the answers, but on a lot of campuses throughout the U.S., God is no longer a part of that answer and or that equation. So students do find themselves sitting in classrooms and, you know, and kind of circulating amongst populations much broader and much different um, than what they knew at home. And when you're in those classrooms, it does raise some pretty big questions. It certainly can. For parents, I guess the big concern is that it seems to be a time when many of the familiar safety mets are missing, meaning, uh, Neilan, the child is perhaps in a different part of the state or in another state altogether, so they have different set of friends, they're not attending the same church anymore, sure. much of the usual network that we just sort of rely upon to be there for our kids. All of that has changed dramatically, and now all of a sudden they're, they're in this place where we know that there are competing worldviews at a lot of levels. And, and I guess therein lies the big concern for many parents. Will my son or daughter be able to survive absent the safety net that's been there for the first 18 years of their life? Indeed, indeed. That, that's, that is the big question. And one of the things that we find, I've spent a lot of time around college students, and I've seen those who continue to be committed to their faith, as well as those who slip away. We can provide those safety nets while we're within the home. However, a relationship with Jesus Christ is quite personal. I think one of the mistakes that can be made is to expect the safety net to get, to get the individual child into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, I heard one brother of mine uh, put it well who works with a ministry called Access that works with high schoolers. And one of the things he says is, I had to move from renting my parents' faith in Christ to owning my, my own mm-hmm. faith in Christ. And I think a lot of times we put so much trust into the safety nets that we neglect to prepare our students for ownership. Does that kind of make sense? It does, and and I think it leads to the old adage that um, God has no stepsons or stepdaughters. We are all immediate direct heirs, (laughs) and so the relationship needs to be fostered as such that it is a personal, intimate, direct relationship and not one that's lived out vicariously through mom and dad. There, There you have it. That's exactly the point. And here's the good news. For parents who may hear this and think, boy, I don't know if I did the best job helping my students to own their faith. I know I sent them to church a lot. I I know I had them in this group and in that group, but I really didn't spend a lot of time talking about these things. The good news is it's never too late. Statistics still bear out that even in the midst of students leaving home, um, having all of these various professors and hearing these worldviews, and in addition to technology, which is bombarding our students with ideas and worldviews before they even leave home, and I think at this juncture, one of the fallacies we live amongst is our students aren't hearing other voices while they're at home. They're hearing those voices by elementary and middle school with these iPhones and iPads mm-hmm. and, you know, all these smartphones and things. But research still bears out parents have strong influence, even during the college years. So if you haven't been having that renting or leasing conversation and they're graduating now, it's not too late to start. You're still mom. You're still dad. Your voice carries a lot of weight. What about the concern, and I think it's a legitimate one, many parents would like to think that as they send their children off to uh, college that maybe the son or daughter is going to be uh, there on college campus um, expressing a vibrant faith and sharing with others around them, acknowledging the fact that uh, unless they're fortunate enough to attend a a Christian-based college or university, that they're probably going to have plenty of witnessing opportunities. So there's one part of the equation. Then that kind of runs from 
being concerned about them having the ability to properly express their faith to what it's going to be like when they have to come in and defend their faith when challenged by other worldviews and differing religion views. And then, let alone that, even the ability of a child simply maintaining their own faith. Indeed, indeed. Well, Paul the Apostle writes a couple of letters to a very young pastor named Timothy. And in his second letter to him, you have Paul, who's later in ministry, Timothy, who's much younger in the faith. He knows that Timothy's going to be contending with a lot of pluralistic worldviews and all these various gods and all these things. And Paul's advising him, one of my favorite verses is Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, when he tells him, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed and rightly handles the word of truth. The, the preparation to defend, one, to defend one's faith is directly linked to one's understanding of their faith. I think a lot of students get concerned or scared to even speak about Christ, because to be honest, they're not, they're not totally sure what they believe about Christ. And Paul basically tells Timothy, hey, have a zeal for Scripture. Have a zeal for learning about God. I think we, we push our students towards learning in a lot of areas, but a lot of the questions I have is, are we really putting resources? I mean, I mean good resources like a True You, which was done by Focus on the Family and actually filmed here in the Focus Leadership Institute, or The Truth Project, or even looking at international ministries like uh, Robbie Zacharias International Ministries, that, that wonderful apologist. Robbie Zacharias, who wrote a great book that I think every college student should read <laughs> called Jesus Amongst Other Gods, because many of our students who've grown up in a Christian home have never spent exhaustive time around um, Hinduism or Buddhism, you know, or Mormonism or any of these other um, uh, paths of faith as they're expressed in the college community, or even books that are more popular, like Lee Strobel's The Case for Christ, The Case for Faith, The Case for Creation. I think one of the things that we may, one of the ways we can help our students be more comfortable with defending their faith and expressing their faith is when we give them resources and don't just have them memorize scriptures blindly. <laughs> but we actually, not only do we give them resources, but we read the same resources and we have discussions about the evidence of the resurrection, the truth claims of Jesus Christ, and the legitimacy of the biblical canon. It's it's simple to answer questions once you have them, and I've seen students who can strongly defend their faith position in a loving manner through grace and truth, as Christ uh, gave us as an example. But I think we really have to go deep in helping our students understand it's important to study and know your faith. Absolutely. And then the other thing, too, is the balancing the time. And I want to talk about that when we come back after a brief time out. If you've just joined us, Neilan Brown is with us, Executive Director of the Focus Leadership Institute, located at Focus on the Family. We're talking about the challenges, the worries and concerns that you as a parent have as your son or daughter heads off to uh, high school, oh, pardon me, as your son or daughter heads off to college or university, having completed their studies at the high school level uh, this May or June, and, and what are the concerns and what are the important points that we need to keep mindful of as parents and remind our children of? We'll talk about that next as our conversation continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. And welcome back to Lifeline. We're visiting today with Neilan Brown, Executive Director of Focus on the Family's Focus Leadership Institute. We're talking about uh, that exciting time in your son or daughter's life when they graduate from high school, but then that very fearful time when 
many cases, they're stepping out into the world without the safety nets for the very first time as they head off to college or university. And what does it mean for them to be able to express, defend, and maintain their faith? And, you know, Leland, I'm reminded, you mentioned just before the break about the importance to continue to speak truth and and continue to recognize the influence that parents have on their children's lives. You know, we, we start out with the speech that we give our son or daughter when they attend their first day at school or when they go off on their first date or when they attend their prom. I guess there's another important speech that needs to be given as they head off to um, college or university. And I guess part of it comes down to reminding them about a balance in life, because let's face it, they're going to be in a new environment where they've got newfound freedoms, new responsibilities, new friends. And I guess they have to be reminded to make sure that amongst all the things that are so new, to make sure that they carve out time for their old, quote-unquote, faith. Indeed, indeed. God repeatedly calls us to be good stewards throughout Scripture. I think one one of the issues that many students run into in the college environment is, as we look at education today as a nation, we see it simply as preparing individuals to fit somehow into the economic system. And therefore, we lose the grander narrative of us being good stewards of the talents and gifts God has given us, developing those in college, and then having an impact. So I think it's so important not simply to make state, stu- statements excuse me, to students like, make sure you're in class go to the library, you know, <laughs> you better be writing those papers. But rather, we want to give them, what's the reason you want to go to class? You want to stop by the library, you want to write those papers. It's because God is weaving a grand tapestry in the world. And the purpose of you having time to go and study within the university or the college setting is so that you're prepared to be a part of that grand tapestry. I think it's so important that parents repeat those things. I was a first-generation college student, and I'll tell you this much, my parents did a wonderful job, even when I felt like I didn't fit in the college campus because I didn't know many who had been through a four-year institution close to my family. Um, My parents constantly, and members of my church community, constantly reminded me, God's going to use you for something great. Make make good use of that time there. And I think I felt less like I was being beat over the head and more like I was being encouraged along in the race. Makes perfect sense. And, you know, helping them understand in that encouragement that, uh, you know, they're, they're going to hear this word freedom a lot, but the other word that needs to be tied into it is responsibility. There you have it. And to understand that uh, they, they need to maintain a level now of, of personal responsibility for themselves. Uh, you know, there, there's not going to be anybody there to say, time to get up and go to school, uh, time to go and do your laundry, time to go and eat, time to go to church, time to read, time to, uh, uh, you know, spend some study time alone in meditation with the Lord. And so yeah. it's going to be important that they, that they set and establish, uh, I guess, a sense of, of spiritual discipline to them, wouldn't it? A, a, a very strong habit of spiritual discipline, which leads to a strong habit of educational discipline. But I think this is what's so important about spiritual discipline. Your children have to see you doing it before they mm. can value it. Mm-hmm. And if they don't ever see you pray, they don't ever see us reading Scripture, and I have three children of my own, if Daddy never prays at the table, reads Scripture, we have discussions, that I cannot expect them to go out <laughs> and carry that with them. Because we, we do, again, learn a lot from our parents' example. And I believe part of the reason why God calls children to honor their father and mother is not because, it's not only because he's holding the child accountable to honor them, but that also puts accountability on the parents. 
for you to be something that's worth honoring, <laughs> for you to demonstrate a relationship with God. So the child is to look up to you and follow your example. So I think it's so important that they have that structure. And let me say this, let me, let me make this last point. It's so important that we not be helicopter parents when they get into college. Responsibility matters. I agree with you 110%. I have experienced so many parents in my teaching career as a university faculty member who want to come and clean up all the mistakes of their children in class. And that does nothing but lead to a child who takes even less responsibility because mom and dad are eventually going to show up and save me from what I've done. So as we encourage them on in God's great plan, be spiritually disciplined, spend time in, in Scripture, spend time in prayer, make sure you're attending classes and you're, and you're planning things out. and You can have some fun, but you're also being responsible. I think it's also important as well to let students scrape their knee when they scrape their knee and not always run up behind them and attempt to fix the situation by chasing down their faculty member and telling them why even though my son didn't turn in the last three papers, they're just a really good kid. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there is an inclination by parents to want to be overprotective, and given you know their understanding and experience with the world, uh, I think that's a reasonable expectation, but it's not realistic when it comes to the relationship with the kid. But, you know, it, it, that raises an important point. As children are going out, and everything is about new discovery. They're discovering themselves. They're discovering newfound freedoms, responsibilities, yeah. newfound friends. Is it important, at the very least, as we encourage our child, since they will cross paths, with a whole variety of people, some of whom they will share the same worldview and values with, and many of whom they will not, to maybe find themselves in a position where they can come under, if not, again, the the, the hover parents, you know, at least have some access or exposure to someone who can provide kind of in that mentoring relationship the kind of guidance that they really need. Now, this maybe could be a teacher on campus, maybe a graduate student or somebody else, somebody that's not mom and dad, and yet is somebody that they can look up to that can, get, that can speak some truth into their life. That is so very important. And one of the, I think, before students go on the college campus, one of the things parents should encourage them to do is, number one, as, as you stated, sometimes they're going across the country or across the state, uh, number one, find a local church fellowship. Many of the successful students I've seen who are really growing spiritually strong during their college years have a local fellowship, a church fellowship outside of their college community. And oftentimes that's where they will find mentors. But there are also faculty members on campus who can pour into their lives. And I think this is when it's so important that parents share their stories of those who have helped them in their walk with Christ and encourage their child. You find those people too. God has those folks out there for you. You do not have to do this alone. On every college campus, I would venture to say, or within the local community or the local church, a child, a young person can find a mentor who can pour into them spiritually and also help them through the process of grappling with big questions. I had a couple of faculty members who really made the difference during my undergraduate career, as well as a pastor and his wife who actually came and visited uh, me and my family this past weekend from the local church I attended during my undergraduate career. And they made an indelible imprint on me as a young man in my view of family, in my view of truth, in my view of Christ, and all of that took place while I was pretty far away from home and mom and dad weren't there. And actually, oftentimes, you know, uh, what will, uh, put it this way, when I was a kid, Neeland, um, my father was pretty stupid. And it's amazing, the older I got, the smarter my father got. <laughs> 
<laughs> of course, I tell you. When, when, when I say that in front of him, he doesn't quite agree with it that way. But yeah. certainly from the child's perspective, you know, when we're young, we think we know everything and our parents know nothing. Then we get into our 20s and our 30s and our 40s and some of us even beyond that. I, I don't know that directly, but I read about it. Uh, you, you, you learn that, you know what, mom and dad weren't so dumb. And so sometimes these mentors, as you point out, have an opportunity to speak truth into the life of our child and an age when they might not receive that truth from mom or dad, but would openly embrace that truth coming from an independent third party whose opinion they respect and they believe, well, it must be true because this person doesn't have an agenda at foot here. There you have it. And, And let me make sure I say this. Every parent who is sending a child away from home to college should be praying this prayer. Lord, send someone to disciple my son or daughter. Send a good, I think sometimes we, we just want to be the people to do it for our own children, you know. <laughs> so, so we say, Lord, send them to me. But I, I always recommend praying, Lord, send them someone who can touch their life and they'll listen to them. You know, someone who's rooted in the gospel, stands firm on biblical truth, and my child will hear them. Because you are exactly right. I remember when I got ready to marry my wife, suddenly my father knew all kinds of stuff. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, wow, this guy has good things to say. And I wondered what happened during that period from me being 13 to 17 when he knew absolutely nothing. He, he, he must have been studying privately, quietly at night, you yes, know? I suppose, I suppose yeah. so. But suddenly, and I, I think, and that's one of the things parents have to understand. Young people go through phases. There is a questioning phase while they're in college, and they don't only question their faith. They question everything, (laughs) their place in the world, what they eat, what they drink. It's the reason that we have all of these causes that break out. I mean, college students, will they will protest any given cause because they're at a point in their life where they're sorting out society, sorting out what they believe, so on and so forth. So if you feel a little distance from your child, keep reaching out to them, keep loving them, because soon enough, life happens. And you start coming back around. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, some good, solid advice for parents to provide to their children and take for themselves as your son or daughter heads off to college or university. I'd like to thank Neilan Brown for being with us, Executive Director of Focus Leadership Institute, located at Focus on the Family. Leland, lots of resources available, too, through the website, focusleadership.org. Lots of, lots of uh, resources available there, and we would love for any parents to reach out and contact us. Uh, you could even shoot me an email. My email is on there, so contact me if any questions or, or thoughts, if there's any way we can assist with recommending a resource for your college student. Excellent. Again, on the web at focusleadership.org. That's focusleadership.org. And our thanks to Neilan Brown, the Executive Director of Focus Leadership Institute, for being with us on this segment of Lifeline. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. I sat down the other day with a friend of church who uh, recently had a new addition to the family, a new baby daughter, and of course the usual thrill and delight that any father demonstrates when he's got his first daughter. And as we were talking about what this meant now in becoming a father to a daughter and the challenges that uh, she would no doubt face growing up in the world that's filled with uh, so much sin and everything that we see on TV and on the Internet and so forth, He turned to me at one point in the conversation. He said, you know, Craig, he says, I think that I would feel better about this if I could just lock my daughter in the house, cut off the Internet and television until she's, say, 35, and then I would feel okay about this. 
Certainly, as he says that tongue-in-cheek, uh, that might be a temptation. But all of us recognize that raising kids today, be they daughters or sons, in a world that is filled with so much sin and so much stuff that is available on the Internet, on the streets, texting, telephones, and, of course, television and entertainment and so forth, presents some huge challenges to parents who want to do all they can to properly train up a child and, in many respects, prepare them for what it means to become adults. Taking a look at this um, somewhat of a challenging topic is Dennis Rainey from Family Life Today, author of a number of best-selling books down through the years, of course, uh, including one of his latest, Stepping Up, A Call to Courageous Manhood. And uh, Dennis, as always, great to have you on the program. It's great to be with you too, Craig. I haven't been out in your direction in a long time. Let's talk a bit about um, the passport to purity, which is something I think is coming just in time for parents who really struggle with what they see going on in the world around them, and they say, you know, there are so many ways in which my son or my daughter has been being pulled in this direction or that direction, and it almost seems as if there's just no simple, surefire way, short of my friend's recommendation to lock them in the house till they're 35, to protect them from all this. Craig, for 11 years, I taught a sixth-grade Sunday school class. I had 550 11- and 12-year-olds go through my class. And by the time I finished teaching that, that class, I was convinced that uh, the ages 10, 11, 12 provided a window of opportunity that most parents don't realize is there and don't seize the moment to drive a truckload of truth and boundaries and education into their lives for the very reason you're talking about. They're just around the corner from what I believe is the most perilous some of the most perilous years a human being faces on the planet, the teenage years. And I created a tool that was really the contents of what I taught those kids, and it's called Passport to Purity. And what it is is it's a, a package of, a, of CDs that a parent can play, and uh, in the process, uh, the, we guide the parent in how to have discussions with the father, son, mother, daughter, over a Friday night, Saturday, to prepare them for what they're going to face in adolescence. And uh, personally, uh, we've done a lot of good things at Family Life over the years. Our broadcast, you know, heard daily, 8.30 in the morning on uh, KFAX. Um, but this tool, Passport to Purity, has had 150,000 young people go through it. And I think it's one of the best things we've ever done, bar none. And, you know, Dennis, when we think about the challenges that young parents are facing, and I'm sure you hear this all the time from listeners who call in and write you um, from the broadcast, who say, you know, boy, to sit down with my kids, uh, number one, when we were kids growing up, and, you know, for our, our child's perspective, that seems like back in the Stone Ages, uh, many of these things weren't even discussed. I mean, I don't, I don't think I began dating with even any kind of cursory permission from Dad till 16, 17 years old. I mean, anything earlier than that, you're too young. So the kids seem to be growing up a lot faster, and then a lot of parents feel so overwhelmed because unlike what it was like when we grew up, we didn't have to deal with the Internet and sexting and texting and what goes on with uh, modern-day technology. And a lot of parents, I think, as a result, Dennis, feel so ill-equipped to address these critical topics that sometimes they make the big mistake of simply saying nothing at all or waiting until it's too late. And in the process, Craig, what they do is they let the world do it. Mm. See, when we as parents don't fulfill our ministry in the lives of our, our children, 
And by the way, your children are not your youth pastor's responsibility. Your children are your responsibility. God gave them to you. It is your ministry. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul says, since we've received this ministry, we do not lose heart. And I think what the culture is doing, Craig, is I think it's robbing parents of their courage. It convinces them they're not experts. They don't know what they're doing. They're ill-equipped, as you said. And what we've sought to do is put together a tool that makes the parent look like a hero. Because this is this is a cool tool. So what you're really doing then here, Dennis, with the passport to purity is you're blowing some really big misconceptions out of the water. To begin with the idea that some parents think that this is an option to educate or not to educate on the topic of purity and, and sexuality and so forth. Oh, believe me, they will get educated. The question is, is it going to be done within the context of God's design for relationships, or is it going to be done outside of the home, outside of the church, by the modern culture and media? Paul writes in Romans chapter 16, uh, near, near the end of that chapter, in the end of the book of Romans, this statement. He said, he's speaking like a parent. He said, but I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in, of what is evil. Now, if you could capture the assignment of a parent, the assignment of a parent is to train their children in wisdom, which comes from God, skill in everyday living according to the Scriptures, be wise in what is good, and to protect your children from evil, to be innocent. So they don't arrive in marriage carrying luggage from all the mistakes that they've made being allowed to go their own way all the way through adolescence. And, and even if you do this with excellence, you still may not prevent that because they've got a choice. But to not engage and, and, and not have the discussion, I think what Passport to Purity does that is so effective is it gives the parent and the, the young person, the 10, 11, 12-year-old, a common vocabulary, a common lexicon of terms and of topics that can be discussed, not just in this Friday night, Saturday experience, uh, mother, daughter, father, son, one time, but can be talked about then, followed up on the next week, the next month, and then for the next uh, decade of their lives as they go through adolescence. And if there's ever been a time when young people needed parents to be engaged in their lives, it's when they're going through the adolescent years before they reach adulthood and maturity. Is this a tool that would have made life even easier for you and Barbara had this been available to you when you were raising your kids? Oh, absolutely. The reason I taught the, the sixth grade Sunday school class is because I didn't know what I was doing. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to use the sixth grade Sunday school class to teach my kids. And by the time you teach something 11 times, the kids don't realize it, but they've probably taught you more as a parent than you've taught them. <laughs> Very true. And, and what I said was, I want to put this, what I learned over 11 years of teaching this class, the object lessons, how we went about it, how we had fun doing it, very entertaining style, music, drama, all kinds of fun surprises along the way, embarrassing moments where we talk about, now you're turning red, because we're talking about the most intimate of life issues. We had fun doing it, and the kids enjoyed it in the process. It's interesting, uh, Craig, I've got... Uh, soon to have 19 grandkids. Barbara and I are very young, but our our kids have not been bashful about being fruitful and multiplying, okay? <laughs> 
but we're now seeing some of my grandkids go through this. And it is really cool to think that here is a, a, a 10, 11, 12-year-old who is being coached around the major traps he or she is going to face multiple times through adolescence and have a game plan and hopefully a high enough standard on the front end that they'll be able to stay out of the traps and be innocent of what is evil. And, you know, when you think about this, it comes down to issues of really helping kids to understand that all along the way in life, they are going to be confronted with choices. The question is, ultimately, are they going to be equipped to have the right answer, the right decision-making process to make the right choices? And I guess that's where so often today, Dennis, modern education and secular society fails our kids because a lot of them are out there with an agenda that tries to present up the notion that there aren't any choices, that, for example, if a young lady finds herself in a crisis pregnancy situation, that the only choice she has is to abort that child, that there are no options. This, in fact, really helps to educate the children then from a very early age on this topic to understand that they've got choices in life. I, 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 I don't have this documented, but I recently heard about a, a major publisher that had done some research among pastors. And um, the number one concern these pastors had about the people going to their church was that there's a generation of young men and women getting married, having kids, forming their own families, and and biblically, they don't have those convictions in place. Mm. And what what we've attempted to do here is not just have a fun experience with a father-son, mother-daughter, but to to take them to the Scripture and let them see, you know what, the Bible, the Bible is fun. The Bible is relevant. The Bible saves you from death. It saves you from pain. It saves you from shame, from guilt. And if you follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, if you build your life around right choices, which is wisdom and not foolishness, you're going to to not only experience adolescence on a whole different level, you're going to move into adulthood, kind of knowing where you're going and where you base your life upon. And I think it's every parent's desire that their son or daughter be equipped as they leave their home when they're 18, 19, 20, whenever it is, to be able to live life and live it skillfully. Dennis Rainey, my guest today on this edition of Lifeline. The program, of course, Family Life Today, comes your way every weekday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here on KFAX. Dennis, of course, when he pulls out the pictures of the grandkids, it's not just a few photographs in a wallet. There's a whole PowerPoint presentation. We're going to come back to more of our conversation, a look at Passport to Purity, and by the way, how this wonderful resource can be available to you and your family as our conversation with Dennis Rainey from Family Life Today continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to this edition of Lifeline. Craig Roberts along with a very special guest. You recognize his voice certainly as host of Family Life Today. Heard weekday mornings at 8.30 a.m. right here on KFAX. He's Dennis Rainey, and Dennis has joined us today to talk about a wonderful resource that he's making available through Family Life Today. And you can get more details, by the way, on the web by going to familylife.com. That's familylife.com. This new resource is called Passport to Purity. 
can help you better equip your child for what they're going to face in life, particularly when we talk about many of the issues related to modern-day sexuality and all that that means. And you know what's interesting, Dennis? A lot of parents think that they are singular in the role of raising up a child or influencing a child. But I guess the real reality is that when it comes to child-rearing, there are some other influences taking place in there as well friendships, their peers, the people that they associate with, the influences that they're going to be subjected to in modern-day culture and media. You know, Craig, we raised six children through adolescence. Nothing challenged my leadership like raising kids through adolescence. It was all hands on deck every day. But the biggest challenge, and this is going to sound terribly hypocritical, but it was Christian peers kids that our kids went to church with, who they looked up to, but who um, would encourage our children to disobey us or or call us fuddy-duddies or out to lunch. And I think by the time I finished raising, Barbara and I finished raising our six, we we both knew that we had to know what was going on in our kids' lives around peer pressure. Who their, who their friends were, where they came from, and even if they went to church with our kids, did not guarantee that they were going to give them sound advice. So this notion that somehow, well, if we send our child to a, a Christian school, for example, and certainly <laughs> means nothing from a pejorative sense whatsoever, but the fact of the matter is you never know how another parent is training up their child or the kind of values that they're instilling in them And so as a result, it really comes back to building that firm, solid foundation with your son or daughter as early on as possible. You know, one of the most revealing uh, times as we raised each of our six into adolescence came in junior high and high school. It was, as you just said, Craig, it was as our kids' friends moved into adolescence with them, we begin to see what the true values were and how they got played out in everyday life in these peers. And what looked like a Christian family with Christian teaching, and you you would think with high standards, the junior high years, the high school years, revealed, hey, wait a second, you know what? It may have had the appearance of going to church, teaching about Christ, but the young person either didn't get it or the parents didn't teach it because the way they were living was in a different direction. Dennis, do sometimes the parents kind of think, and and falsely so, that this will all sort of take care of itself? In other words, I might feel bashful or awkward about addressing the issue of um, sexuality with my daughter, say. So I assume that, well, this will be covered in Sunday school, and they'll get some education because, after all, we're we're making the sacrifice to send the kids to a private school. Those topics will be addressed there, and of course, they're good kids, and we take them to school and to church uh, every week, and so we really don't have to worry about this, it'll all take care of itself. Is that is that a, a do you find in your experience that is a frequent misperception? I think so, and I think there's one other thing I'd add to it. I think a lot of parents are afraid to get into the conversation with their kids about sex because they're afraid their kids are going to say, "Hey, mom, dad, what'd you do?" There it is, and that's the reality. I think that parents need to come to grips with that, as you say, for our generation, uh, getting access to a lot of this meant heading down to the you know the ugly, seedy side of town that nobody ever went into. Uh, today, you don't have to even leave the convenience and privacy of your own home. It finds you. And I guess in the, in the, in the final analysis, Dennis, parents have to understand, look, this is going to find your kids one way or another. The question is, when it does, 
Will they be ready with an answer? Will they be equipped with the kind of tools, skills, and moral and spiritual foundation that they need to make the right choices? No more valuable a gift that you could give to your son or daughter at a time when they need it the most than the passport to purity. Again, more information online at FamilyLife.com. That's FamilyLife.com. Grandma, Grandpa, don't wait for your son and daughter to go out and pick up a copy. Do something right now. Be proactive to protect your grandkids. Go online and order it today. Get more information. FamilyLife.com. The Passport to Purity. Dennis, as always, we sure appreciate the time, my friend. And appreciate you, Craig, and love the listeners of KFAX in the Bay Area. And Look forward to seeing you someday. Look forward to you getting away from the heat and come on out here and join us in the the natural air conditioning of the Bay Area fog. (laughs) There's Dennis Rainey from Family Life Today, the broadcast weekday mornings at 8.30 right here on KFAX. Check it out. Invite a friend to listen and check out, too, more information on the Passport to Purity. Simply log on to FamilyLife.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.